Welcome to Real Talk with Rio and Mo, the most niche podcast on the internet. This week's sponsor is our original sponsor, Mr. Toothy and the Shotgun Crew. <coughs> Speaking of, boys, you know I'm all about community, sponsorship, supporting your friends. So uh, I'm going to go ahead here and do a live on-pod shotgun. I know it's going to go over well. Good luck, boys. On with the show. Okay, episode 37. It's day 23 of round 34. It's an Easter Monday edition. Murph, tell me what's going on. Uh, you could say I'm just uh, waiting for the uh, Easter Bunny to deliver some some chocolates. I love those little, I don't know if you get them in England, those Cadbury mini eggs. I love those little things. They're just so tasty, you know? Oh, yeah, they're a big thing. I've not had one for ages. And uh, I know as a kid, used to really, really love them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've not, not had one for uh, quite a while. But these are like the mini eggs, right? Or are you thinking of like some giant egg? No, so we we do still have the 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 big chocolate Easter eggs, and then we have uh, yeah we have like mini eggs. I, I was thinking of a, a Cadbury's cream one. Um, so I don't know if you guys get them over there. I call that diabetes in foil. Oh yeah, sure, diabetes in an egg. So how awesome has this last little stretch of Dominion been? It definitely feels like the rounds kind of come to life. It was getting a little bit um, stale for a few days. Uh, there's still been some wars. Like there's been a few wonder wars and uh, a few declarations going back and forth between, I guess, like the the front runners, the the fast attackers, the fast converters, one and five. Um, but yeah, the the last kind of 24, 36 hours has uh, suddenly made it quite interesting. So this this could actually be a round where you actually tell people which realm you're actually in. Because I would think it's pretty common knowledge. You think the cat's out the bag? I, I think the cat has definitely left the bag. Yeah, so I, I can definitely confirm that I am in a realm between uh, five and seven. <laughs> and would you say you're like the lead strategist in that realm? Um, it's hard to say. We, we've all kind of no. We still we kind of talk as a group still. Um, I, I definitely kind of had an idea of what I wanted to do. Um, so I would say that without giving it away, that we're uh, in good spirits. Right. So funny you bring up spirit because I told or I was talking to my pack in in our channel here. And I had said, uh, basically what the spirit is doing is he's putting a loaded shotgun in his mouth and just waiting for a lizard folk to pull the trigger for him. Well, yeah, so, uh, so I, I guess I may as well just explain what had happened is uh, a few days ago. So basically, yeah, our spirit has been, um, this is the, uh, the realm six spirit, we've been Sending just on bots for a while now, while kind of like building up uh, a lot of just basically raw military. And then two or so days ago, uh, when five and one kind of went at it, 
most of them were kind of like just used up all their offense. And so there's all of a sudden this like big void in how much offense or how much defense you needed. So both spirits, that's, that's our spirit and uh, the Realm 10 one, have been kind of over-defending for a while. And it just kind of created this gap where we could both just train nothing but pure offense for a while. Which is great because thinking, you know, at this point we can uh, we can send out on uh, on a target. We've already got like the defense there. But then nobody nobody was like um, was hittable basically. Everyone um, that was sending was sending on parts, and they were all like super defended. Um, so there was nothing available. So it's just a case of just kept on training, kept on training, kept on training. When eventually we see the the lizard folk kind of gets back. Um, to train himself after like building up a load of land with a big population and he goes and just trains pure offense for a while so like to the point of not having great defense um but just kept on training offense and so at that point as a spirit you kind of think i can either just go pure on defense and just uh basically gets trapped or i can go on the offensive push a little bit of offense back and uh, if it comes to it then trade hits so that's kind of what what happened. So definitely kind of like boxed into a corner, um, but it was just a case that nobody was nobody was a viable target, um, so couldn't send. And then uh, then with the lizard folk kind of being up over the top trying to get aggressive, you just kind of find yourself in this position where you just have to trade. So it was there was an expectation that he was going to get hit a bunch of times, or so it was a case of. Um, did the hit on the bot that eventually kind of came into range and gave the lizard folk the opportunity to maybe send elsewhere. But if he was ever going to, you know, if he wanted to make the attack on the spirit, then the spirit's going to like send back and hit him straight away. Cause he can't kind of give someone a, a 900 acre, 1000 acre lead. Cause even if they are inefficient, they're just going to be able to out train you. Um, so that was kind of the situation. Uh, he decided to go for it anyway, knowing he'd be open. So just made the hit kind of, Bring it back down again. So he expected to get what was it tripled? So it was hit hit once the first time from the lizard folk, and then hit twice after the kind of like the semi suicide on the on the lizard folk. So it was three hits in total, but then the total like land gain on the on the two was was more than was lost. Right. That's kind of what's happened, and it's just kind of like it. It did kind of bring the town cry a little bit to life. Like lots of people have sent since then, um, and I think it's probably good for the round because we saw a few converters kind of coming, um, coming up, looking to um, looking to kind of like enter now, or some of them already just like made their first few hits. So if nothing had happened and people kind of got locked down, then uh, then I think it would just be converters really kind of taking over and just running away with it. I think this is a good time to bring in our guest this week. So we've got, uh, obviously, Toothy. What's up, fellas? I thought me and uh, I thought me and our other esteemed colleague were just going to sit here and listen to you guys for the whole podcast, the way that was going. And we also have Mano joining us this week. Hey, thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. So... What do you guys think of uh, what happened with the spirit and then three hits on him? Well, uh, the way we are looking at it, I mean, uh, I think Shadar let everybody know last week, if they didn't know already, that we are Realm 9. 
Um, we were kind of in the process of choosing our next little fireball target. And uh, for a while, we were thinking we'd go back to Rio's realm, to that spirit, because, you know, he had the numbers, uh, he had the the population, this and that. Um, and we thought, we've got a few in range, we can take a bite out of him. But then once we saw that training, um, we realized like, oh, no, this guy's like ready to throw it all away because he wants to take a chunk out of the lizard folk. So the way we kind of looked at it, um, like you said, Murph, uh, you you put it more eloquently saying he put a shotgun in his own mouth waiting for someone else to pull the trigger. But we thought, okay, this guy's fireballing himself, basically. Um, so that's not the direction we went, and we just waited until that happened to uh, – to, to point our fireballs elsewhere. But I agree with Rio. You know, it kind of woke up the town crier. It woke up the game a little bit. Um, whether it's a good decision or not, we all know that I'm not Mr. Strategy here. So I don't care. It just gave me something to watch, which is fun. Yeah, I I will kind of echo that. It was a pretty boring weekend until that uh, that series of events kind of kicked off and it made the like tail end of the weekend, you know, going into today, even kind of a lot more exciting to just keep track of what was going on or who was, you know, potentially more suicides coming up in here in the future. So from our perspective, uh, and, and I should say, I guess, uh, it's probably pretty well known, but Eric, and and his whole draft pack ended up in one. So from our perspective in one, it was it was, you know, a welcome uh, a turn of events to uh, to have some other pressure come in to kind of impact the Liz a little bit. And how are things going in one? I've noticed that the fountain, which started out at eight hundred and thirty thousand points, is currently being hit. Yeah, I know we kind of like the fountain and we we had it for a bit and then kind of took it back quickly once it fell to five. Um, I, I We discussed quite a bit amongst the, the realm if there were other wonders that would be a better option, especially as a few of our fast attackers are, are in the process of uh, deconverting and going down the exploring route. Um, but uh, I, the decision from the realm was just that I don't know if we can let five just keep that wonder. So we we made the decision to go ahead and take it back. And yeah, they're they're kind of chipping away at it. I, from our perspective, or at least from my perspective, it's kind of stopped. the The health has kind of stopped dwindling. So I don't know if if that's a sign of uh, maybe it's a little bit too much to bite off. But I guess we'll see. Well, and, and another thing is, you guys are basically going to be at mutual war here with five, right? For one hour, we'll be at mutual war. Oh, does it uh, automatically undeclare after a bit or? We've already undeclared on five. Oh, okay. So our bonus is expiring the hour after their bonus kicks in. So we'll, we'll be at mutual for an hour and then it goes back to just a, a one-sided war. 
It's a good thing. It's hard to calc uh, a hit in a in only one hour, so you guys should be okay. Hopefully, we're we're there was definitely some paranoia this morning of uh, potential, you know, snare campaigns and Ares drop situations. Given how effectively Five has used that tactic previously, and that's where I think we mentioned this on the last pod, Ario, that uh, you can boost Ares or any spell if you want to. Yeah, you, you can and you probably should. Uh, if you're, uh, if there's potential that you can now get it taken down, then I think I would be, uh, if I'm in that realm and it's a possibility, then I would definitely be uh, be boosting it. Am I the only one thinking of that Nick Kroll gif where he goes, Collusion! I, I think that the instructions were to most people that were in range that you should go ahead and take the opportunity to boost it. So... I know, like me personally, I I should be covered because with the boosted Aries, so I have the this nice security blanket for the next you know eighteen hours. Yeah, and if it makes you feel better, Toothy, I'm pretty sure the uh, the the one hour of mutual war would have, uh, would have expired by the time where uh, this goes out. No, I'm recording it all live. I'm gonna release it right when we stop recording here, live and uncut, baby. It's real talk after dark. <laughs> Mano, I, I will give you props now before I forget. Uh, I think you said it was Eric's idea, but your guys' theme is my favorite of the round. And this isn't how Murph always says it, bringing up his own theme first, because I'm not in that realm. Thank you. No, we we do uh, we did like the theme and we we got a lot of buy in, which I think helps a lot with any theme. Like I I think Toothy, you had mentioned earlier the theme in seven and kind of explained it to me. And once I now that I understand what the theme is, it makes a lot of sense. But um, uh, I I guess I would just like to see more people participate in in a theme like that to really make it a lot more cohesive. So it's easier from the outside to understand what's going on or what what the intent was yeah it's like you uh it's like comedians say right if you have to stop to explain a joke it probably wasn't written correctly so yammy's crew back to the drawing board oh so you're just gonna out your boys oh shit (laughs) can we delete that no so it, it does appear Yami's crew is in uh, Realm 7, as uh, Toothy just disclosed. I'm going to private message him right now and ask if he minds, and then you can delete it if he asks us to. Sure, air quotes. Well, did you look at that? Someone just posted in Dom chat Yami's location. So Toothy, I guess it's uh, it's probably worth asking you how's uh, how are things with your realm. I know you kind of it looks like you guys are just going into the the black op uh, route now that your uh, your fast attackers have, have slowed down or deconverted. Yeah, who'd have thunk it? Eh, the realm with Chronal and Sakura is uh, turning to black ops. 
Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that was always a little bit a part of our plan. Um, we had a very rough start. Uh, you know, we had some, some fast attackers off the hop that were actually doing quite well. Um, and we had a fast explorer as well that was doing quite well, but, uh, I'm sure everyone remembers there were a few quite consequential bounces, um, and there's this shitty Sylvan in my realm that got hit six times. I don't know. Couldn't be me. But, uh, yeah, once that stuff happened, uh, we knew that, you know, we still have a couple guys to get behind to try to support. Uh, but a lot of us had been kind of relegated um, from the Premier League. So all of those relegations have turned to Black Ops. Uh, and it has – it's kind of turned – our attitude around it was uh like i said we we're in a pretty dark spot as far as like how satisfied we were with our realm and with our round uh but since then it's kind of given us something to uh latch on to and it's kind of brought us back together which is really nice So are you guys chasing uh, chasing titles or uh, are looking to do damage to uh, to contenders? A bit of both. Uh, I would say the war that we started last night against Realm 11, that was purely title-based. Otherwise, um, we had gone after kind of contenders, you know? Like, uh, I think we warred you guys for a bit. Uh, we, we, we hit your spirit and some trolls pretty hard. Um, we've, we went against five first, I think, um, maybe that's where the troll is. I'm sorry. My memory's not super great, but, uh, for the first few, we were targeting people that were either fast off the start or that looked like they had really good contenders, uh, for like converting. But since then, like I said, our last one, we went for realm 11 and, uh, as far as rankings go, it was very successful. We took their uh, goblin from 81,000 peasants to about 18,000 peasants in about 10 minutes. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I was, I was, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about because uh, I heard some or read some discussions in Dom chat about uh, the most damage a fireball had ever done. And I was curious if you got an answer on if you guys were throwing any record-breaking fireballs there. Well, as far as like a total volley from a realm, uh, I got a few PMs that said they think that that was it. Like we got, I think, about 63,000 in one go. Um, there was one other situation that was brought up with me. And that was against a dominion called Creed. Uh, that was the round that RVV won as the Dark Elf. Um, I was told that might be the only one close, but whether it's record breaking or not, we we had a lot of fun. And I know myself, I got twenty one thousand peasants in one in one volley. So. And Bill, did you want to speak about that bounce from? Your lizard folk on my uh, my top dog. Oh boy, I'm gonna have to go back in the in the chat here to find out what that was from. I mean, 
I know that our, our attitudes stayed relatively positive. Like, you know, I know sometimes when someone bounces, it's like a morale killer. Um, but uh, I, while you guys chat about something else, I'm going to go back and try to find some, uh, find out what happened here. Well, maybe we should talk about the uh, goblin in three. I think that's the very obvious thing that we need to talk about. Ariel, what'd you say? Yeah, I mean, without doing like too much targeted information, just the sort of like the the four K convert, which is uh, I'm not sure if we've seen that before. We've definitely not seen one that looks so prominent um, to like kind of done a convert from so far ahead. Mano, what do you think of the Goblin in 3? I thought it was a fantastic move from 3. I'm a little bit disappointed 11 and maybe like the Goblin in 6 didn't take a similar route or uh, I guess I guess this would be extended to the Goblin in 10 as well. We just had a lot of Goblins on top there and I know personally when we saw it in our realm we thought that that was terrifying but just given the round dynamics it made a lot of sense. Uh, and I, I was, I'm really hoping that this is a, this is just a pivot just based on what was going on in the realm, no runaway or no real prominent runaway and, uh, just switching gears to, to kind of close out the end of the, the round in a really strong spot. And I think that is another draft pack. I'm not certain, but I think that it is. We also assume it is, so. So that's good for draft packs, you know? There might be, like, a legitimate shot to actually win around as a draft pack here, right? Eh? Yeah, and I think even beyond that, I think going right from the start, you know, most of the talking points and kind of, like, the key dominions I think have come from draft packs. Uh, you know, it's not really surprising when was it eight out of the eleven realms are, um, but I can't think of too many kind of like contenders outside of uh, outside of those those eight. Which really means those other three realms should try to join the draft next round, eh? Or next next time we have it. Yeah, and I don't even think there's a particularly in it much of an advantage you know last time we saw it was a disadvantage to be um part of the, the draft pack i think maybe uh maybe this time around the um the the, the mix of people um in the draft maybe it's going to spread a little bit more evenly maybe it's a little bit um geared towards more newer players last time around whereas this time it was a, a good spread um but yeah it definitely seems as though uh whatever's whatever's happened this round has been working for uh for all those drafted packs the draft rounds are very interesting. They kind of remind me of the sprint rounds where people play with a little bit more abandon, you know, uh, not to bring up Dan the man, but uh, speaking of abandon, but, you know, like people try uh, different strategies, right? They try, uh, they switch things up a little bit, you know, um, and I really enjoy being a part of that because, I mean, <laughs> if anybody gets into a, comfortable routine you know it's me as uh sylvan whatever seven of my last eight rounds finishing within 500 acres of each other 
with the exact same strat. But uh, this is kind of, you know, it's a incentive a little bit. It's a reason to like try something different, switch it up a bit. And uh, while I'm going on here, I did go back in the chat and I found out that uh, we were calcing your Knox's defense, Murph. Um, he had a, he had some gems, and so we calced him if he did invest all of his gems. So we gave him a little bit more walls, but what he did was trade his gems for plat and rezone to swamps. So uh, it looks like our guy bounced by about 75 offensive points or so. Well, I don't have a Knox in my realm, so. Or it, whatever, whoever the guy was, it, they said he rezoned. Well, mine's a lycanthrope. Yeah, well, <laughs> we bounced twice in the same night, like five hours apart. So, so oh, okay, right. So I'm talking about Atlas in three. Uh, I I'm not going to go back anymore to find out what happened to your your like. I think the like was a, a release, wasn't it? Like Spywiz release. I mean, you would hope it'd have to be. Yeah, I think it was just at the right moment for that release, right? And maybe you didn't say stop in the nick of time or whatever. Yeah, looks like you're lycanthrope. Uh, he had Surreal on. He was waiting to... Uh, there we go. Okay, so he released a single wizard to see if we were watching him, it looks like, because uh, uh, we saw his net worth change, so... We got a new clear site right after he released it. And I think the problem was that we were doing it early in the hour. So we gave him the rest of the hour to prepare for it. Does this ring a bell, Murph? Yeah. Yeah. So he released a wizard, saw that we um, clear site him right after because he had Surreal on. So then he knew that at the end, mm. he had to release his wizards and... Uh, that's what happened. Man, what a bad that was the that was the day our realm turned around. Would you say it turned a corner? <laughs> yeah, well, and the funny thing is, is you know, you know, Murph, in our realms, we always try to do, especially if we're on these like big hits or Aries drops or something, we want to be on comms, right? And I was like, we gotta get on voice comms, guys. We gotta get on voice comms. But uh, I think people are on their phone and uh, you know, not to point fingers, but there's an 18 second delay when I between when I said stop and we tried to hit. So I did see the net worth go down, but uh, unfortunately it was missed. Yeah, and at the time I think the like was number three in land. So that would have been an epic hit. Yeah, I mean like we had some big bangers early, right? Like even after our round was kind of derailed, our guys sort of went a little nuts, right, with temples and griffiness and specs and all that. So, uh, like, we still had fun with our – we're still, you know, the danger of being the top hitters, even if it wasn't top OP, because I think people had, like, you know, 12% temples. But uh, that was kind of the beginning of the end for our fast uh, hopes. And Rio, when would you say the beginning of the end for your guys' fast ups was? Uh, we were just um, our strategy was kind of trying to go a little bit different to uh, to the rest. Ours were concentrating on population, um, so we're going like homes and barracks and stuff, which is what basically I did last round, and it worked out really well. Um, 
this time around, they just the hits didn't come when we needed them to, and we're just slightly behind um, the OP curve. But just as things were kind of like starting to to look decent, is when uh, I, I think it was like five, maybe just start to take off, and we were just like we just fell a little bit behind. So it wasn't anything. It wasn't really any mistakes. It was just kind of like it just just didn't get the hits that we needed to to stay competitive. So um, so people just decided, you know, we'll just we'll pull the plug. Luckily, like you said, because people didn't go heavy on muds, it was a fairly easy transition to deconvert. Um, but yeah, we, we had a few guys. Like I, I think in the the strongest, if you're looking at that, we had probably like three or four in like the top ten for most of the early part of the round. Um, we were just never really kind of like pushing for for top offense though. And that leads us to round one, who is most definitely pushing for top offense. Hey, eh, Meadow. Uh, we have had different period points in time where we have held top offense for sure. And I think most of that is probably going to be because of Eric. Which is surprising to hear, especially because you have Bobo and Devetsa in there with you. Well, and I and I should say, like, all three of them had very close to the same offense i think eric just held on a little bit longer with the like pushing some some crazy numbers just trying to i mean every every time we got ops on the liz and we saw that he was training serpents it was uh it was a it was a fantastic day and now it looks like you have i guess just one big attacker at the moment Yep, all of our all of our hopes are at uh, our goblins' feet. So it's going to be like a bunch of goblins fighting each other. There's like three prominent goblins here now, right? One in your realm, one in five, and then I, obviously the one in three that hasn't made a hit yet, but will soon. So it just kind of reminds me of last round with the three lycanthropes, right? Living in harmony until Rio decided to kill the other two. I don't expect there to be as much uh, harmonizing this round as uh, as what we saw last time. Do they just not know the lyrics to Kumbaya? Maybe it's just a racial thing, you know, lycanthropes get along together a little bit better. It will be interesting, though, to see the dynamic, you know, considering... One of the the big things with with Goblin is that nine hour and you know like sending sending after um, top offense, but you know if everyone's kind of like heavy on the Wolf Riders, then uh, then they won't really have that advantage. So they, and uh, and the fact that you know you don't get any flex on on the Shaman, so it, it will be interesting to see uh, you know if they're evenly balanced, how it's going to work out, or if uh, just one of them is just going to kind of get away and uh, slowly stretch out the lead. That's where I know from our perspective, we're just uh, we're hoping, you know, Murph uh, Murph does his thing. He the guarantee there was some kind of guarantee about winning the round. Right. And we do have three good explorers that are just tracking along. Yeah, we're looking for a new fireball target, too. <laughs> I can I, I, tell you that our explorers run Energy Mirror 24-7. So we are more than prepared. 
I was looking earlier. I've already lost like 5,500 peasants to energy mirrors. But, you know, like they say, don't shit where you eat, right? And you guys are our neighbor, so. So what he's saying is they'll only attack your top guy, but they won't fireball him. Yeah, I'm getting ready for conversion. It's funny you say that, uh, too, because I remember back in like the, the days of Old Dom, um, you know, when there were like 400 realms or whatever, I, I, I made an attack once on the, on the realm next door, and I got a message from their king saying, uh, it's, it's kind of like an etiquette thing that you don't attack your neighbors, so um, don't do that again. Well, old habits die hard, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't dream of hitting somebody in uh, in round five. <laughs> so, are, is anybody else surprised that the great market on 75k points is still not taken? It's, it's tough, because I think that that... I mean, okay, this is coming from a guy that plays Sylvan every round. That Wonder would be worth more to me than a wonder that gives me 8% defense in the last two weeks, right? Because last two weeks when you're converting lumber or if you're a gnome, whatever, or when you're converting for platinum, like I know the last, you know, six rounds, my last week, I'm getting 100,000 platinum per hour from my lumber. So you add 20% on top of that, that's 500k plat a day. It's insane. But right now, no one's no one's doing that. So I mean, unless you just want something shiny beside your name, um, it doesn't do much. I mean, I guess for a fast explorer, it'd be nice. And I do stand corrected because Realm Seven took it this morning. I guess when I was sleeping, it's Yami's crew. Right, right. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. Ah, uh, he already answered me in PM. And he said it's all good. And I don't think Yami's crew listens to the pod ever. Although Playtoy might actually listen to this one because Dylan's on it. That is so funny you said that because the last message I got from Playtoy, I'm talking to him right now, is I only listen to the ones that you're on. So that would be one. <laughs> you have a new listener. You're welcome. Well, you are part of the marketing committee, and you know what? We actually haven't had anybody from the marketing committee on here ever. So can you uh, you know, fill us in on what's, what's kind of going on over there? To be honest, surprise, surprise, not really. Um, I told them that I'm good with Photoshop, and I'm good with, like, I know how to speak and write eloquently. So whenever they have jobs that have to do with that you know like i've made a few like visual things and i know i recorded a six minute video walkthrough <clears throat> i recorded the voice but i don't think it has a walkthrough element to it yet um i'll do it but you know I, i'm just i'm pretty busy so i don't uh i don't actually watch the threads i just whenever i get pinged and if someone needs something i'll do it but to be honest it's been Quite a few months since I have been pinged.
And actually, that gets close to a topic that was kind of on my mind. I know FET had uh, posted a recent message of some subcommittee assignments that were that he was kind of recruiting for. What uh, what were your thoughts on those? Someone else jump in here because I'm not too up to date on the extracurriculars. Yes, I think the uh, the general idea was that the there's certain topics that kind of like come up um, round after round in terms of like the gameplay discuss like gameplay discussion feedback. Um, for instance, like the weaker races like Cobalt and, uh, and Undead. Um, so the idea is to kind of like just break those off completely. So rather just kind of have them like discuss, talked about for uh, you know for a couple of hours and then kind of like forgotten about and kind of come back the next round. The, the whole point is to kind of like almost have like a project team on something like that. And maybe like a project team working on like you know the, the black ops. Um, I'm just not sure if anything's really kind of like come off the ground or, or um, how that's supposed to be getting organized yet. I know that Sakura did some work. Um, just speaking of the marketing committee, uh, he made some posts on Reddit. I don't really know like where or how, but uh, we have one, maybe even two guys in our realm that joined from reddit and they're actually like they're good realm mates they're having a good time like the guy who's <clears throat> second in our uh realm came from reddit just like a post that sakura made in like the i don't know gaming forum or some shit that explained what dominion was like and that's how he got here and like he's been really good he's been a real part of our discussions and you know he's getting up close to 3,000 acres, like pretty impressive for a first timer. So that's nice to see. So that's probably the other kind of stuff that we should be looking to push them. And yeah, when Sakura was on, I, I meant to kind of follow up with him about that. Was there, um, if, if that kind of stuff's working and people not just kind of coming to the game, but like sticking around and, and taking part, then, then that's definitely, I think what we should really like lean into. Yeah, to be honest, the only inactive guy in our realm is uh, <laughs> Wayback. And Dan the Man. Well, yeah, sure, and Dan the Man. What else is new? Really, he should be your uh, first overall pick for the next draft round, too. Eh? Just keep it consistent. Yeah, two rounds in a row. Pick him first overall, and he's abandoned within a week. It's, it's kind of funny, just like, you know, nothing, you know, Wavehack brought this game back for us. He's going to be a legend forever, but uh, I was looking at his Dominion yesterday. He hasn't taken a single op all round. Oh, he's just living La Vida Loca? No, he's sitting on 9 million platinum, so I don't think he plays anymore. Yeah, I was actually noticing uh, Realm 6 is uh, some eager beavers when it comes to plat theft there, eh, Real? Yeah, that's just one of those things that I, I guess, I don't know if other realms uh, can like, do this, but whenever we find someone, we're, uh, we're straight away like, pinging everyone that's in range. Just say, here you go. How about it? So uh, we've been pretty decent at that, you know, um, up, up to recently even. 
So there's definitely been a few people that we notice have been pretty big with, uh, you know, like a million plus at certain points. And so we've just all gone in hard on them. Yeah, you guys currently have the top plat thief at just over three mil. Trying to take a look to who it is. Uh, okay, I think that might be one of our smaller people. Anyway, so he's probably feeding on these, uh, you know, the wave hacks of, uh, of the ground. No, you're you've stolen more than me. That's probably because I've been in range of the uh, the bigger guys that make more platinum than you. Oh yeah. That's uh, that's assuming that you are uh, who I think you are. Well, I did follow the rules, as one would say. The gentleman's agreement, of course. And this is that the the, uh, the captain of the pack should be um, should be the king at some point. Well, it should be yeah. And we we all know that uh, you know realm nine is currently not that. I mean that that uh, there's a mutiny. Uh, I think part of it was they didn't want people to know immediately <clears throat> who we were, which like you know I don't care about. But uh, I think the other thing, to be honest, is that I've got a lot of euros in my pack. Like I miss a lot of the discussion at night. So I think especially as we converted to black op <laughs> power. Um, we elected a different guy who is more in line with the time zones. So, so what you're trying to say is there's not a gentleman amongst you. We're chaos raiders, man. See, in one, we just figured that uh, if we won the round, if we managed to run away and win the round, our win would uh, feel tainted. And so we had to, we had to elect Eric to be the monarch. So we painted that target on him willingly. And uh, we don't think we're going to win the round, so it doesn't matter to us. See, our, uh, our think it was more that um, one is that I, I don't really care about any rules that Murph would put in place, gentlemen's agreement or otherwise. And uh, our biggest thing was that we planned to change uh, the realm name each day, and uh, I just couldn't be bothered with that. So, so the person who came up with the theme is uh, is our king Rio about your realm uh, in the recent days of uh, activity something has happened unrelated to the spirit and that is the wonder that your realm has kind of gone after uh, it's it's kind of our belief in one that it's uh, not a fantastic wonder uh, so I'm just curious if there's something that uh, I'm missing or that, you know, us as a group as collectively are missing. No, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think it's, it's, it's not terrible if you can get to like a decent level soon, um, like early. So like, for instance, our spirits level seven, level eight, something like that. Um, so fairly ahead of the game, I think. Um, the biggest thing is we originally went for a factory of legends um, because it's a typically a wonder that can, 
you can keep for the rest of the round, and it's actually one of the kind of underrated ones. So we were quite happy with that. But when Realm Nine came for us, um, so that's Toothy's Realm, we didn't want to prolong the war because we just knew the, the Black Ops firepower they had. And we figured if we if we kept on going for it, trying to take it back with them, then they just gonna like prolong the uh, the Black Ops against us. So we really kind of just uh, let them have it and then uh, move on. And then we were kind of like wonderless for a while. And then we figured, well, one like a wonder is better than nothing. And uh, since we all had heroes, we figured it will give some kind of bonus to all of us. It can also give prestige because um, it was fairly low um, HP at the time. So we uh, we went after a realm that had a wonder that weren't going to give us too much trouble. And um, and that was it. But yeah, in terms of the actual like wonder ranking, I wouldn't have it too high. Um, I don't think it's too bad though, you know, because it does double whatever hero that you have. That's another one of those wonders that is really, really valuable late round, right? When your heroes are are all cruising, um, then it, I mean, like that wonder's probably better than found a youth, you know, like it, it can get pretty crazy. Well, yeah, and I think especially if, if you're using a Smith hero, um, then that's one of those ones that if you kind of got Tex and Smithies and a good population as well, then the more of those kind of like, bonuses that you get the, the better they are because it just keeps on lowering the cost of your troops so it's kind of like each one is even more beneficial than the last because it kind of you know like your, your purchasing power increases um a bit more rather than most bonuses where it's kind of like diminishing returns the and and this is was just something we were speculating but does it incentivize shrines at all or are shrines less useful because you're already getting a bonus baked in so again, I think if you got a smithy um, hero, then it makes shrines slightly better. Um, but I wouldn't think shrines really kind of beat um, the other buildings. Uh, maybe for like a very short period in the round, um, there might be certain certain circumstances that they do. Um, so yeah, so I think it would incentivize slightly, it make them slightly better if you had the smithy, because that again just knocks the the cost of your troops down that much more. Um, but I don't think it's kind of um, it's enough to really kind of like sway you one way or the other because it, it doesn't increase the shrine bonus. It's just kind of like you know rather than five times bonus, it becomes six times bonus. If only shrines were on a better land type. Insane for years. Rio just got hard. If only when when that final uh, announcement comes, then absolutely. So Rio, are you going to talk about your garden situation? Oh, I can. Uh, yeah, if if we're if we're heading away from the Dominion stuff, had a, a nightmare today because my my neighbors, they often have these like backyard parties, and they have this like big tent, this big marquee, a couple of doors away from me. But they never like anchor it down, and so today happened to be very windy, uh, so it blew over into my next door neighbor's garden, completely wrecked their garden, just destroyed it because it lifted right over the fence, tore through everything, and then I saw it um, kind of hanging over my shared fence. But I just spent a few thousand pounds fixing, uh, and uh, it blew over and started to tear through my garden as well. So so myself and my nephew had to go out hold it down for a while against the gales and then 
as we were doing it, had to completely basically spend an hour taking it apart, putting it all uh, like hiding it in my shed, like all the, the like the metal and the the canopy, and it was just absolute hassle because it was so close to completely destroying my fence, which I just spent a good amount of money fixing. So uh, so I wasn't happy. And then uh, Murph said, oh, are we still on for the podcast? And I was like, man, I'm still like sweaty. It's just disgusting. I had not thought about it at all today. So you could say that it was a hanging garden? Yeah. And uh, I, I definitely, I think I became master of air today. That's another title I could take from you. It's one I'd happily give away. And what do you grow anything in the garden, or is a garden just basically grass to you? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I don't grow anything uh, other than like other than plants and, and bushes and shrubs and things. Um, I don't grow any like any any food or, or such. But it did. Uh, I managed to save it from uh, damaging the fence, but it did take out like I got like a nice little archway that's been there for years. And it just completely like knocked it over, like bent the metal of it and, and ripped the legs off this uh, this archway. So that's kind of that's the thing that ticked me off the most. Um, but the uh, the neighbor when they kind of came came around, they were just like, "Oh, I don't know how that happened. You know, I, I put some I put some tent pegs in it, and uh, I hope my I hope my tent's not damaged. Like, kind of screw you. Who cares about your tent? Like, if you not realize the damage it, it has done. So there's one time. <clears throat> probably uh, five or six years ago when Murph owned a house that was uh, kind of near me about 45 minutes away. And he brought uh, me and another friend of ours from high school over to build some above ground gardens in his backyard. And they were quite large. Like we did probably like, uh, I'd Wait, guess like, quite large. You mean they took up the whole goddamn backyard? Yeah, I was going to say probably about 200 square feet of above ground uh, garden beds that we made out of like two by sixes and uh, like bolts and stuff. And I think he took care of that garden for about three weeks. <laughs> and then he was like, nah, I don't know if I want to garden anymore. And then two years later, we spent another 12 hours taking it all down and <laughs> throwing it all in the dump. All for what was it like? Nineteen potatoes and tomatoes and spinach. We actually grew spinach and, and ate it there that one summer too. But I mean, trying to like weed that significant amount of space, right? Like it was impossible. You're just waiting for a tent to get its hands on that garden so you could blame someone else for it. Well, I always had those kids next door throwing balls and frisbees into it too. So I'll just blame it on them. Damn kids. So yeah, I've got the uh, yeah the neighborhood kids as well. That because my my garden's right at the end, so yeah, balls and frisbees used to come in, but they're kind of like decent kids, and they actually were like out playing and stuff, as I heard, and so they ended up coming to help. So as we were kind of like taking the the tent apart, they were like dragging dragging the metal poles away and uh, putting them to one side for me. And see if it was me, and I had this massive tent in my yard, and it was destroying stuff. I would immediately destroy the shit out of that tent. And then when that woman came over and said, oh, I hope my tent's okay. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's perfectly fine. And just give it to her in like a couple trash bags, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I was definitely uh, as as the kids were kind of like helping, I was out uh, careful of my uh, careful of my bench there, uh, careful of my door there, careful of my lights there. And then once it was out of the way, it's like, yeah, just drag it along the floor. That's fine. <laughs> so other than, you know, the fact that she lets her tents become kites, uh, is she a good neighbor? Just, uh, I, I only speak to a, a couple of my neighbors and it's usually just kind of like, just, uh, hey, how's it going? Um, she was actually someone that, uh, I kind of like I posted the story in, in the Dominion chat a, a while back, and because my mum sent me a package, but she sent it to the wrong house, so I went number seven. She put number six down, and this lady lives at number three, so I had to keep on going over to number six um, to to check that the package came, and they were like, nope, nothing's come, nothing's come. But finally, we get like an alert saying it's been delivered, and they still kept on saying that it hadn't come yet. Um, and I was like, this is a bit weird. Like, have they stolen my package? So we looked at the, the proof, and there's, like, a photo, and it showed them clearly outside number three. So not only was it, like, addressed to number six by mistake, supposed to come to number three, uh, sorry, number seven. They took it to number three. And I tried explaining this to this woman, and she was just glazed over, just looking at me like, but if you live at number seven, why are you getting a package for number six? And I explained it, like, three, four, three or four times, and she still didn't get it. So in the end, she was just like, okay. Uh, yeah, you just take it then, and uh, and I'll let you know if anyone comes for it. So uh, she's um, not the most like critical of thinkers. So uh, when she came by a little bit confused earlier, uh, I wasn't surprised. Yeah, talk about a square peg and a round hole, eh? Ten peg. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, she hammered the like the, the pegs in like next to the tent rather than like through the holes. She's just aerating. <laughs> yeah, Mano, do you have any uh, good neighbor stories? Man, nothing like that. I uh, I kind of feel feel left. I'm like, we have a garden, but nothing nothing's crazy ever happened to it. We just grow things in it. Although maybe maybe we started off smaller, which made us more likely to succeed. Because I agree with Toothy. I don't know if I could have managed that that large of a garden right off the bat. Yeah, coming from a non-gardening background, you know? Yeah, you just, you know, you dip your toe in the water, you see if you see what the temperature is, see if this is something you can deal with, and then you kind of expand from there. You just, like, jumped off a cliff and cannonballed into it. You got to put on your water wings first, maybe a life jacket. Yeah, there we just arrived in a jet boat. So is there any other topics you guys wanted to uh, touch on before we uh, enter into the final phase of the pod? I want to know who this... Uh... What is he, a spirit or an undead? Let me check here. So there's a there's an undead in Realm 10 that like is running away with spy and wizard mastery. Like just an absolute madman, but he's not he's not in any of the categories that matter. So I don't know how he's getting these things. I don't know if he's like 
I don't even know if they have a special spell that he's concentrating on or something, but this guy is uncatchable. I'm sitting here. I just, this hour, while we were on this podcast, in fact, I reached 800 mastery and I'm just like, I can't even hold a candle to this undead in number 10. I have a very personal relationship with this undead in 10. Expand on that. Um, this undead intent has been using their necromantic ritual constantly. Uh, I don't know who who is playing this this uh, this character, um, this dominion, but yes, they uh, they have definitely been making the most out of their necromantic ritual. Um, as I have been the recipient of the majority of those casts, I just had to go to the scribes to find out what that was. But uh, tell him to take a week off. And aren't you like a wizard race, Mano? And you're telling me this undead is just brutalizing you as a wizard race. I will keep energy mirror up a lot of the time just to kind of dissuade him from from just completely just diving headfirst into, you know, a bunch of casts back to back to back. And I think energy mirror, even though I've had it up numerous times, has only caught like one of his casts. Like it's really been the least effective spell I have spent any mana on all around all around. We should uh, redesign that spell. So it's just 20% of every spell is less effective against you. So there's not this random factor, but that's another discussion. <laughs> I've got to say, as uh, you know, this is the second round that I've gone heavy into Black Ops, that that's another um, percentage code that I don't believe is working. What's it supposed to be? One out of one out of six or something? Or is it like 20% are supposed to be reflected? I swear it's more than that. Oh, see, my experience has been way, way less. Not to brag. No, no. As a person who's protecting themselves with energy mirror, it has worked for me like a single time or something along. Like it, it's not been a very good spell. Well, we know how to who to target next. I think this is just the way it always goes, though. If if you're casting it, uh, you don't feel like you you're getting enough benefit from it. Whereas if you're Going after someone that has it on, it always seems as though it's hitting you back a lot more than uh, than uh, than you think it should. It just seems to be just one of those like perspective things. That, um, but I think it, it does work, and just you probably just notice the uh, the the random you know strings of either like lots of successes in a row or, or lots of like failures in a row. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm totally biased. I I will admit that. That's one of the reasons why I just want like a energy mirror just to give like a flat 20% reduction. So, you know, if someone tries to swarm you, it's what two hours less on the base cast, you know, just take that, like the number of hours off. So things are just less effective uh, or, you know, fireballs do 20% less, 20% less damage. I mean, it should all work out in the end from a numbers perspective, but it would eliminate all the discussions of, uh, you know, oh, I had 15 bounces in a row. 
And Mano, what do you think of uh, Realm 5 running with the snail theme that you guys donned on them? I'll be honest, I hadn't really even noticed that that's what they were running there. Realm 1, they're theme masters, man. But now that you mention it, yeah, the the snail is definitely very prevalent in the the realm name. I I'd never know who who's who or any of the names of anyone in uh in Realm 5. It's very it's been very confusing. I'm very glad there's a there has so far at least been like a prominent dominion of of it an individual race and the other ones have kind of fallen off. This way we can do things just like what I think Rush was talking about on the last pod, you know, just say, oh, the big Liz, oh, the big goblin, oh, the, you know, the big troll. It just makes it a lot easier for communicating with my realm. Yeah, you, did you notice that uh, in the Dom chat, they they do a lot of the snail gifts too? All I've noticed is South Park after South Park after South Park after South Park. Yeah, someone was bored over the weekend, I think. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that many consecutive messages without text of just GIFs, right? And then on top of that, there wasn't really any uh, anything going on, so there was no real context to what people were doing. So it was almost, you know, sometimes you were getting a bit of a gift conversation, but it wasn't relevant to anything that was actually happening. All right, so we're reaching an hour now. So, Mano, do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to touch on here before we wrap it up? The uh, yeah, no, it, it, this has been a really fun round. I know for for me, it you know I'm still stuck with Eric, uh, but I guess I won't complain too much. Uh, it's it's been a nice pivot, right? Because Previous rounds, I've always fallen into the trap of, oh, I'll play a, an exploring race because I don't like fast attacking and do a, do a just shitty uh, mid-round convert and, uh, and kind of finish, you know, 4 or 5K and have, uh, have just a lackluster round. So I've, I'm glad I, I'm doing, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, my, my best toothy impression of just trying to pick a race that you don't have the option to pivot and uh and just seeing you know how how effective that can be to help the realm out so it's been it's been a lot of fun for me and are you surprised that you're dominating the other explorers in your realm as as much as you are i don't think that will last forever i'm i'm comparing myself to one of the other explorers in in my realm uh in particular and uh their economy is just so much better than mine at this point. Uh, and I just see that kind of continuing 
Uh, so I have a little bit of a head start, but I don't know if I can hold them off as we approach the you know the last few weeks of the round. Uh, you haven't reached your sweet spot yet. Wait till you start trading that lumber. And uh, Doothy, you have any final thoughts or anything you want to talk about or share? I don't know if you're leading me there, but uh, no, not really. I would say uh, the uh, way to avoid us now, since we're just going for titles, because we got an undead guy to catch, is uh, just don't have more than 40,000 peasants, and uh, we've got no interest in you. Well, that's I would say that's pretty tough for most realms to be able to avoid having 40,000 or more peasants. Well, again, stop bragging. <laughs> Are you saying you don't have 40,000 peasants? Hell no. I think I'm at uh, 30. Okay. Three-thirds of the way there. Feel free to fireball me. Nah, nah, nah. Like I said, man, we're just... We're just peaceful people on a beach, just sipping some Coronas with a little bit of lime in there. That's all we're doing. On a beach that someone should take a wonder away from. Well, you know, if you got to do it, you got to do it, I guess, you know. And Rio, any uh, final thoughts or considerations about gardening or tips you'd like to share? Uh, I, I just think it's going to be probably interesting that, you know, it looks like it's going to be the first time in a long time that a fast attacker runaway is not going to win. So it's something we've been kind of like crying out for um, for a while. So, um, you know, it's, it's not completely over for all the fast attackers, but it's definitely looking like a, a slower attacker or a converter is going to, going to take it. Or maybe even an explorer. So, um, so at least it's kind of like a a change to what we've seen in the last kind of like four or five rounds. So, so that'll be good. And uh, it's also good to see there's quite a few realms still with potential winners with them as well. You know, like the last few rounds, it's kind of come down to like just, you know, one or two or three rounds that looked like it. So um, yeah, let's see what happens in the next week or two. And with that, I'd like to thank uh, Mano and Toothy for joining us this week and making an awesome weekend even that much better. So thank you both. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Same here. Thanks for having me. And we'll catch everybody on the next one.